You know, there are many aspects of what Jesus taught that are, that are challenging. Things that, that don't really come, come naturally to us. Like the things that Jesus taught about our money. Things that Jesus taught about loving our enemies and, and praying for our enemies. Things that Jesus taught about taking up your cross every day and following him. These things, they're, they're not easy. These things, they, they cost you something. These things, they're, they're difficult. But one of the most challenging things in all of Jesus' teachings is what he has to say about forgiveness. And I don't know about you, but forgiveness, it's not always easy for me. To forgive someone who's hurt me, who's wronged me, who's offended me, that's not always easy. Like my natural reaction when, when somebody hurts me, it's not to forgive them. My natural reaction is to, it's to hold a grudge. It's to get back at them. It's to cut them out of my life. Like forgiveness is not my natural instinct. But tonight we're going to see what Jesus has to say about forgiveness. And I truly believe that each of us will be challenged by what Jesus has to say. We are uh, continuing our series called Beneath the Surface. We're in week five of this series. And uh, each week during the series, we're looking at a different parable that Jesus taught. In a parable, it was just this ordinary kind of everyday story. But in the story, there was always a deeper spiritual meaning. And this deeper meaning, it was always hidden beneath the surface. And only those who were truly listening, only those who were truly seeking would understand these deeper meetings hidden beneath the surface. And tonight, the parable that we're going to be looking at, it's found in Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. So if you have your Bibles, you can flip open there. If not, the verses will be on the screen behind me. But starting in verse 21, it says this. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? So we aren't given a whole lot of context to Peter's question here, but for whatever reason, Peter wants to know, how many times do I need to forgive somebody who wrongs me? How many times do I need to forgive them? And in Jewish tradition, what they taught was that you would forgive somebody up to three times. You would forgive somebody three times, and then on the fourth offense, you no longer had to offer them any forgiveness. And now Peter's asking Jesus, what about seven like, if I forgive somebody seven times, surely that's enough. I, I, I surely shouldn't have to go past that point if somebody continues to wrong me. Is seven times enough? But listen to how Jesus responds. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And here, Jesus isn't trying to put an actual number on forgiveness. He's not just trying to, to give it a greater limit. In fact, he's saying the complete opposite. What Jesus is saying is that forgiveness is unlimited. That no matter how many times somebody hurts us, no matter how many times they wrong us or offend us, we are to continue to offer and to extend forgiveness to them. Forgiveness is unlimited. Now, if you're anything like me, you probably don't like hearing that because it doesn't really seem right. It doesn't seem fair. I mean, at what point... Does forgiveness actually run out? Like, are we really supposed to continue to forgive somebody who wrongs us and hurts us over and over again? I mean, forgiveness has to run out at some point. And I'm sure the disciples that Jesus was talking to, that they're, they're, they're thinking the same thing. 
They're probably thinking, that, that, that's ridiculous, Jesus. Like unlimited forgiveness? Is that really what you, you expect from us? That, that doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem fair. And then Jesus, he tells this parable in response. He says this, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven, it's like a king who, owned, who, who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. So the king in the story, he's loaned out money to several of his servants. And one of his servants, he has racked up a massive amount of debt. It says 10,000 bags of gold, which today would be the equivalent of hundreds of millions of dollars. Just an absurd amount of money. And this king decides he wants his money back. He wants to be paid right now. And of course, the servant, he doesn't have the money. Like he doesn't have hundreds of millions just sitting around to pay him back. So the king says, well, if you're not able to pay me back, then you and your family, your your wife and your children, all your possessions are going to be sold. And if you can't pay me that money, you're going to spend the rest of your life working this debt off. That's the only way you're able to repay me. This man and his family, they're, they're in this impossible situation. And look what happens next in verse 27. This, uh, or verse 26. At this, the servant, he fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. So the servant, he, he's completely desperate at this point. He falls on the ground. He begins to, to plead and to beg for mercy. He says, just be patient with me. Just give me a little bit more time. And then he starts to make this promise. He says, I promise I will pay it all back. And of course, that's not true. There's no way he's ever going to pay back hundreds of millions of dollars. But he's pleading. He's begging for mercy. And listen to how the king responds. The servant's master, he took pity on him. He canceled the debt and let him go. Says the king, he took pity pity on him. He showed him mercy. And notice, the king doesn't just give him an extension, like a deadline extension. He doesn't say, hey, I'll give you another week. I'll give you another month. He doesn't do that. The king, he doesn't just cut the amount in half and say, hey, rather than 400 million, just 200 million. He doesn't do that. The king completely cancels the debt. He wipes it all out. He says, you're good, I'll cover it, and he lets him go. And the disciples who are hearing this are like, what? Who in the world would do that? But you see, the king in this story, he represents God. And the servant represents all of us. And you see, we have racked up this massive debt that we owe God. We have this huge debt that we owe God because of our sin, and it's a debt that we are not able to pay on our own. And the consequences for our debt is eternal separation from God. The Bible says that the wages of our sin, the wages of our debt is death. It's this impossible debt that we can't pay off. But God, he sent his son Jesus to pay off our debt. He went to the cross and he took on the consequences that we deserved. 
And now by trusting in Jesus, we can be made right with God. By trusting in Jesus, we can have our debt canceled. We can have it wiped away. The hundreds of millions that we owe God, he can wipe it away. And that's incredible news for all of us here. But Jesus doesn't stop there. The parable continues. Verse uh, verse 28. But when the servant, this guy who was just forgiven, when he went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell into his knees and begged, please be patient with me and I will pay it back. So this guy, he's forgiven hundreds of millions of dollars. And what's the first thing he does after? He goes and he finds a guy that owes him a few hundred dollars. And he grabs him, he begins to choke him and demands that he pay him back immediately. And this man, he doesn't have the money. He falls on his knees, he begins to beg and to plead for mercy and listen to how he responds. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. Rather than showing this man mercy, rather than than giving him grace, rather than, than being patient with him, he has him thrown into prison, all because he owes him a few hundred dollars. And this is just moments after he was forgiven hundreds of millions of dollars. And you hear this and you're like, what, what's wrong with this guy? I mean, clearly he doesn't get it. He should be celebrating that he was forgiven hundreds of millions of dollars and all he cares about now is getting a few hundred bucks back from a friend. And listen to how the story ends. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged, and, and, and rightly so, and they told their master, they told the king everything that had happened. Then the master, he called in the servant, and he said, you wicked servant. I canceled all of your debt because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In, his, in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. And then Jesus, he finishes by saying this. And I want you to, to hear what he says. He says, this is how my heavenly father, this is how God will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. You see, students, the point of this parable is that forgiveness isn't just something that we receive. Forgiveness isn't something that we just get from God. Forgiveness is something that we offer to others. And here's the big idea for tonight. We have been forgiven in order to forgive. We have been forgiven in order to forgive. God hasn't forgiven us just for us to receive that forgiveness and hold it on or to ourselves. He has forgiven us in order for us to forgive others when they wrong us. So for the next few minutes, what I wanna do is I wanna look at just a few takeaways that center around this idea of that we have been forgiven in order to forgive. And I think these will be helpful for you, especially if you're someone who struggles with forgiveness. You're someone who struggles to forgive those who wrong you. So the first takeaway is this. Forgiving doesn't mean forgetting. 
Forgiving doesn't mean forgetting. No, I think there's a lot of confusion around the idea of, of forgiveness. And many people assume that to forgive someone means that you need to forget what they did to you or you need to forget what they, they said to you. Like you're supposed to just block it out of your memory. You're supposed to pretend like it didn't happen. But that's not what it means to forgive. Because if someone has really hurt you, if someone has really wounded you, you may never be able to forget what they did. You may never be able to forget what they, they said to you. And you see that the king in this story, he didn't just forget about the debt. Like it didn't just magically disappear. No, the king covered the debt with his own personal money. The king covered the cost of the debt at his own personal expense. He says, you don't need to worry about it. I'll pay the debt for you. And it's the same between us and God. Like God didn't forget about our sin. God didn't just look the other way and pretend that it never happened. No, God paid our debt himself. God sent his son Jesus at his own expense to pay the debt that we own. You see, forgiving someone doesn't mean forgetting what they did. Forgiving someone, catch this, forgiving someone means canceling the debt that they owe you. It means to cancel the debt that they owe you. You see, when somebody wrongs you, when somebody hurts you, when somebody offends you, they owe you. They owe you an apology. They should be making it up to you. They should be paying you back for what they've done. But to forgive them means that they no longer owe you. You're letting them off the hook. They're in the clear. They don't have to pay you back anymore. They don't need to make it up to you. They don't need to earn your forgiveness. You are canceling the debt and you are covering the cost at your own personal expense. And listen, I, I know that's not easy to just cancel what somebody owes you and to say, you know what, I'm going to take care of it. You don't need to earn my forgiveness anymore. But the point that Jesus is trying to make in this parable is that when we realize, students, when we realize how much we have been forgiven, that we are the servant who owed God hundreds of millions and that God canceled that debt. He wiped it out. When we realize that, it makes it possible for you and I to forgive the debt that others owe us. We can forgive because we have been forgiven so much. Forgiving isn't forgetting. Forgiving isn't excusing. Forgiving isn't ignoring. Forgiving is saying, I'm canceling the debt. You don't owe me anymore. You don't have to make it up to me anymore. The second takeaway is this, is that forgiveness is possible without the other person. We tend to think that we can't forgive somebody unless they apologize. They need to admit they were wrong. They need to say that they're sorry. They need to ask for our forgiveness, and then we might consider forgiving them. But the reality is, is that some people are never going to apologize. Some people are never going to admit that they're wrong. Some people are never going to ask for forgiveness. And, and sometimes it's because they just don't care. Like, they don't care that they, they've hurt you, and I'm sure you've experienced that before. Somebody has wronged you, and it doesn't even bother them. 
but typically they don't even know that they've hurt you. Like somebody says something to you and they mean absolutely nothing by it and you're offended and you're worked up and, and you feel like you're owed an apology and they don't even know that you're upset. But either way, whether they, they just don't care or they don't know, there are many times in life where people just aren't going to apologize. And we can either carry around this bitterness towards them, waiting for them to, to come apologize, which they may never do, or we can choose to forgive them. We can forgive somebody even if they don't apologize. Because forgiveness is a choice that we make, independent of that other person, regardless of what that other person does. And I know that, that some of you, you're holding on to, to resentment in your heart because of something someone has said to you or done to you, and you are waiting for an apology. You're waiting for them to admit that they were wrong. You're waiting for an apology before you forgive them. And here's the thing. You're technically owed an apology. Like if somebody has intentionally hurt you, you are owed an apology. But you may never get that apology. And you can either choose to hold on to that resentment in your heart. You can hold on to that debt that you feel like they owe you. Or you can make the decision to forgive them. You can cancel the debt that they owe you without them even knowing. Because forgiveness is a decision that we make on our own, regardless of what that person does or doesn't do. We don't need the other person involved in order to forgive them. Our third takeaway is this. Forgiving doesn't always restore the relationship. Forgiving someone doesn't always restore the relationship. And, and I think this is so important for us to understand. Whether you're the one who's been hurt or you're the one who's hurt somebody else, just because you forgive somebody or just because they forgive you, it doesn't mean that the relationship automatically goes back to normal. It doesn't mean that the, the relationship is just perfectly fine. I mean, there are times when, when your relationship with somebody is permanently damaged, where things are done, things are, are, are said in a relationship, and that relationship, it just changes forever. Like, trust just can't be reestablished in that relationship, and things are never going to be the same between you again because that hurt, and it's just too much for you to overcome, or it's too much for, for them to overcome. There's just too much between you. And maybe this is the reason you've been unwilling to, to forgive somebody. Because you feel like if I forgive them, then we have to be friends again. If I forgive them, we have to continue this, this relationship. And you don't want them back in your life. You recognize that relationship was unhealthy, it was toxic, and you think that if you forgive them, that means you just have to pick back up where you left off and pretend like everything is fine. But that's just not true. Listen, you can forgive somebody without continuing a relationship with them. Forgiving somebody doesn't mean you're best friends again. Forgiving somebody doesn't mean that you, you just trust them again. 
Forgiving someone doesn't mean that you're not putting boundaries in place. Forgiving simply means you are canceling the debt that they owe you. We always need to forgive, but we don't always need to continue that relationship. There are going to be times in life where you need to cancel the debt, you need to forgive them, but you don't need to pursue that friendship or that relationship anymore. Or you, that, that, that friendship, it needs to look different. You need to have boundaries in place. Forgiving, it doesn't always restore the relationship. And finally, number four, forgiveness brings healing and freedom. Forgiveness brings healing and freedom to you. You know, sometimes I, I think we, we refuse to forgive people because we think it gives us power. We want to hold over them what they did. We want them to, to make it up to us. We want them to, to pay us back. And we feel like we're in control of the situation as long as we're holding on to forgiveness and not offering it to them. And we think that, man, if I, if I forgive them, if I just cancel the debt, then I lose all my power. I'm no longer in control of the situation. But you see, what we don't realize is that we become the victim of our own unforgiveness. When we refuse to forgive somebody, we aren't actually in control of the situation. We are being controlled by our bitterness and our resentment. And bitterness and resentment, they're, they're a poison. And when we refuse to forgive somebody, it's like drinking that poison over and over, and it continues to make us sick. And maybe tonight you're, you're carrying around some, some bitterness and some resentment in your heart. You've been unwilling to forgive somebody who has hurt you and who has wronged you. And as a result, you have become a victim of your own unforgiveness. And just like the servant in the story, you have put yourself in your own personal prison because you won't forgive. You're making yourself miserable. You're making yourself sick because you won't cancel the debt that you feel like they owe you. And here's what you need to understand. If you're holding on to that bitterness, if you're holding on to that, that resentment, forgiveness isn't just about the other person. Forgiveness isn't just about canceling their debt. Sometimes forgiveness is even more about you. Forgiveness is about you releasing that bitterness. It's about you releasing that resentment from your heart. It's about freeing yourselves from this prison that you've put yourself in. And I can imagine in this room, and there are some of you, and you have been deeply hurt by somebody. You've been hurt by, by a parent. You've been hurt by a sibling. You've been hurt by a coach. You've been hurt by a friend. You feel betrayed. You feel wronged. They really wounded you what they did. And it is so hard for you to imagine forgiving them, for you to just cancel this debt that they owe you. But you won't ever experience true healing and true freedom and life until you choose to forgive them. Until you choose to cancel that debt, until you say, you know what, I'm just gonna cover it for you. You didn't apologize, you didn't acknowledge that you were wrong, but I'm gonna cover the debt. I'm gonna take care of it. 
I'm not forgetting it, I'm not excusing it, but I'm releasing what you owe me. And tonight, my, my encouragement to you is that you would choose to forgive. You aren't forgetting, you aren't excusing, you aren't saying I'm gonna be best friends with them anymore, but you're making the, the decision to cancel what they owe you. Whether they apologize or not, you are covering the cost yourself. And the reason that's possible, the reason you can forgive somebody is because you have been forgiven greatly by your heavenly father. You have a heavenly father who covered the debt for you, who sent his son Jesus to pay the cost for you. And you have been forgiven, not just so you can hold on to it yourself, you have been forgiven in order to forgive. So with our heads bowed, eyes closed, you know, I just wonder tonight how many of you in this room, you would say, I've been holding on to, to some resentment. I've been holding on to some bitterness. I have a friend, I have a family member, somebody wronged me, they, they hurt me. Man, I, and I just feel like I'm, I'm a prisoner of my unforgiveness. I feel trapped by unforgiveness. I, I don't know how to move forward. If that's you tonight, I just wanna ask you where, wherever you're seated, no one's looking around, just to, to lift up your hand. To say, you know, I'm struggling to forgive somebody that's hurt me. Hands all over the room. You can put your hand back down. Let me take a minute. I just want to pray for you as God is working in your heart tonight to lead you to a place of forgiveness. God, we thank you that you offer us forgiveness. God, when we racked up a, a debt to you that we could never pay, when we deserved eternal separation, when we deserved death, God, you stepped in and you paid that debt for us. You covered that cost at your own personal expense by sending your son, Jesus. And God, I thank you so many of us in this room, we have received that forgiveness. We've had that debt canceled. But God, you haven't forgiven us just for us to hold on to that ourselves. God, we have been forgiven in order to forgive. But God, I know for, for so many of us, forgiveness, it's, it, it's tough. Because we feel hurt, we feel wronged, we feel betrayed. Sometimes, God, those people, they don't even know they hurt us or they don't care. They won't apologize. But God, we recognize that we become the victim of our unforgiveness, that we put ourselves in our, in our own prison. And God, I pray for the students tonight who, who feel trapped by unforgiveness, who are having a hard time making that decision to cancel the debt. God, that you would give them the, the, the courage and the faith and the boldness to take that first step towards forgiveness, that first step towards freedom, that first step towards healing whether they need to have a conversation with somebody, whether they need to talk with a leader, that whether they just need to, to journal and write it out. God, that tonight would begin that process of forgiveness, that process of healing, that process of freedom. God, we thank you 
for your love for us, God, how you chase us down, how you pursue us, and how you offer us forgiveness through your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.